0: People's expectations on you, like they're not really gonna influence you or motivate you. They they might actually bring you down. I find like, for me anyway, that's how it was. I was kind of kind of feeling pressurized, but um, they can't help you like that. The expectations, like, so why would you let them really affect you? And then I had to take a step back and realize why you're doing it. Like you're doing it for yourself. Like so what other people think or what they want, it doesn't really make a difference here. So.
1: Hello and welcome to episode number 33, of for Fit's sake, the podcast brought to you by FS Gyms. This week, myself and Rudds are joined by Tyg Lawless. Tyg, how are you doing?
0: Good, yeah. You?
1: Yeah, good. Good to have you in. Um, Tyg, just to give people a bit of background, um, you were Ireland's youngest CrossFit athlete at the Teenage Games last year?
0: The only one, yeah. The yeah. only, yeah. Are yeah. you the youngest ever? No, there was a guy before me that went in 2015. He was 15. and Okay. Yeah, he hasn't gone back since yet, but yeah, he was the youngest Okay brilliant and obviously look this is kind of something that um, like
1: it's an incredible story and um, do you want to give a bit of background on how you got yourself there what it was like in the six months leading up to it?
0: Yeah for sure so I started CrossFit in 2015 and um, I was doing it about six months and people were talking about the Open so the Open is the first step in a three-step process uh, to find the fittest person on earth say and um, I didn't know much about it like the background across or anything like that I was just doing it for fitness Um I was playing Gaelic and Hurl at the time and I placed 15th worldwide in that after doing it for six months so it was a pretty big deal at the time people were t- thinking that um, I had the potential to go on to making the games Um at that time only 10 people went to the games so straight from the open they picked 10 teenagers um, in that category to go to the games um, so from there, I was doing my I was doing my junior year at that time. Um, I didn't have much interest in studying or anything like that, so I kind of stopped playing Gaelic and hurling and moved on to cross with full time really. And then the following year, it was kind of a it was kicking the backside because I was um, I moved up a category, so I went from fourteen, fifteen to sixteen, seventeen category. And from there, it kind of just went. It went downhill a little bit. Didn't make it. Got a bit depressed. So I was like, "Oh, should I still be doing this?" But then, kind of midway through that year, I was like, "Yeah, I kind of I just want to do this all the time." And then the f- the next year, this is the year that I made it to the games. I was um had my leaving cert that year, so <laughs> no one really likes studying for the leaving cert or anything like that. But um, I was doing the open and I placed 25th overall in the Open. So the top 20 at that time went on to the Games. But from there, the top 200 in the Open went on to another qualifier. Okay. And that from there, they picked the top 20. And there, I made up seven spots, came 18th, and then I got to go to the Games. And it's pretty much from there that the story began.
1: Brilliant. Like So obviously, you didn't like studying if the gym was kind of turned no. out to be your sanctuary in the couple of years you were had your big exams yeah not at all uh, what was it about CrossFit that sort of um, like you probably had a huge passion in Gaelic and Hurling I'd imagine when you were growing up like yeah. most most kids um, what was it about CrossFit
0: that enticed you to move away from, from
1: Gaelic and, and Hurling
0: um, so I was kind of looking to get a lot fitter um, for Gaelic and Hurling because at that time that's it was kind of around when like we started getting trials for Dublin and all that type of stuff and um, fitness was always like my weak point. Say in Gaelic and hurling, we'd always do strength and conditioning in the hall and stuff like that, and we'd have a coach for that. But um, I don't know. I kind of got a better, a better kick from it. I don't know how to explain it really. Like I'd go home feeling like I actually done something after crossfit, whereas Gaelic and hurling, it's kind of, it's not as individualized, but. Um, you di- I didn't get that endorphin rush really that I got from Crossway, if you know what I mean yeah but uh, from there I just kind of said I don't want to do team stuff anymore it was kind of like there was a lot of argument arguments on the team as well but uh, yeah we won't go into that no <laughs> uh, and did you find like Obviously, people that change sports
1: at a young age, like in Ireland, you see guys playing hurling, rugby, football. You could be playing four, five, six sports. Did you find that the demand of a mixture of hurling, football, and CrossFit at the same time was just too much on your body, that you had to pick one thing and go at it?
0: I wouldn't say it was too much on my body. At the time, I was doing, say, three CrossFit classes a week, and then you're doing two Gaelic and Hurling train sessions and then a match at the end of the week. Um, Physically, it wasn't that bad, like... It's kinda it's regular for a lot of kids to be doing that anyway. Yep. But um you're kinda trying to pick up the pieces from studying for your junior cert and stuff like that. Which just <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a major thing on my mind at the time. Yep. But um I went from doing the three Crosswit classes to the five Crosswit classes and then it kinda just the gathering and phased out basically.
1: And was there huge obviously you're saying there's a bit of hype around you at that stage, no knowing- one you know, when you were at a young age, that people saw huge potential in you. Did you find that was difficult to manage your own expectations then? Because you were still pretty new to it. First six months seemed it was all going swimmingly. Was that a difficult period for you to manage those expectations?
0: Yeah, definitely. There was um, the year beforehand. That's when Chris, a guy from Leash, made it to the cross games, um, and I kind of, I'd look up to him. He kind of, he said, he kind of showed that it was possible to make it there. If you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you finish 15th and your five spaces out. And there's people like with that expectation on you. Obviously, people wouldn't pressure me into training more or doing anything like that. But from there, you kind of do get to train with the better guys. And from there, you obviously get better. Just It's normal. But um, that's why I felt there was a lot of pressure the second year. That I don't know. Where I didn't come like in a top placement. Whereas the third year the kind of you get that experience and you just you don't really care anymore what people think it's the same with every sport i'm sure
1: it's it's a big learning curve and especially like we see a lot of kind of younger guys and girls are very impressionable at that age sort of 15 16 17 yeah. so it's probably just i can imagine that's good advice to a lot of people listening around that age that you know you get to a certain point where you're mature where you were only worried about what you think about your performance at the end not what anyone else is thinking
0: yeah exactly like people's expectations on you like they're not really gonna influence you or motivate you they they might actually bring you down i find like for me anyway that's how it was i was kind of feeling pressurized but um they can't help you like that The expectations like so why would you let them really affect you and then i had to take a step back and realize why you're doing it like you're doing it for yourself like what other people think or what they want it doesn't really make a difference here so yeah,
2: and you can't control what other people's expectations are as well. So, like, you know, a bit a huge part of like sport and competing is trying to nail down like what are the things I can control. How can I prepare for this? Um, how can I train? How can I mentally prepare? Whereas, like, when you you wasting your mental energy on someone else on something you can't control, that's taken yeah. away from the things you can control. Yeah, definitely. I I was telling you about that book that I was listening to there recently. I was listening to a book about this. um guy who coached the NFL, NFL team, the Atlanta Falcons, and basically they got one play away from the Super Bowl, and then the next year they had like a losing season, and then the next year he ended up getting sacked and losing the job. And he was saying that the biggest one of the biggest mistakes he made was because they got one play away from the Super Bowl, he got so obsessed with the outcome of winning the Super Bowl and making it to the Super Bowl. Whereas before, in the five years to get to that place, he was talking about uh, the process and he's talking about tending to the root instead of the fruit. So the fruit is, you know, winning the Super yeah. Bowl, but the root is like everything that it takes in their weekly preparation to get them there. And he's saying the biggest mistake and the reason that happened to him and the team was they got one play away so then they expected that they should by default be one play away everyone around them was telling them they were so close and then they just kind of let all the other things slip
0: it's kind of like climbing a mountain like you're not going to yeah. look at the top of the mountain you're going to take like each step at a time do you know what I mean you can it's the build up to getting to the playoffs and that type of stuff yeah that really makes a difference not the actual playoffs themselves
2: exactly and like the the, the things that you can control and trying to forget what other people are saying like
0: and what what's kind of life like now
1: then Tyg, obviously what what was the experience at the games like first of all
2: oh it was incredible yeah
0: it, it just it gave me that hunger that I want to get back there basically that's it's it's hard to not think about it when that was like all you were thinking about at one point you know i'm sure like there's a lot of professional athletes that would take a step back from their sport or retire and they'd go through like serious amounts of depression like that's all they talk to or thought about day in, day out, so, like, when they're not doing that, like, they don't really know what else they're doing, you know, it was the same with me, but, um, yeah, it's kind of taking a different turn now, I'm not solely focused on getting back there at the moment, because I had a chat with some, some really good athletes, I'd say that, yeah, really good athletes over in London, and, um, they said, right now isn't the right time to kind of transition into that um, individual cat category because yes. right now I'm going out of that uh, teenage category into the, to the adult category. But um, yeah, I'm kind of thinking more along the terms of longevity and getting back there at some point instead of rushing back there. Like it's not going to make any difference really
1: that's a pretty mature approach i I heard you talking to Ruds before i came in about old man strength obviously we're just looking at Ruds, thinking this guy must have something going for him (laughs) but uh like that's very mature to think you know in a couple is that a big thing that you see the difference between you now and guys who are kind of 25 26 27 have been at it for years Is, is that a factor that's there that experience through the lifts through through the
0: through the events that you're going through that something that will stand to them more than you Yeah, like, the guys that I'd be going up against, they're a lot more developed than me. They're they're probably after what I should have done is playing a sport for a longer time of their career, not solely focused on CrossFit and weightlifting and all the other aspects that goes with it. They've actually developed different type of skills that will transition over into CrossFit. Like, I'll give you an example. The fist man, Matt Fraser, done weightlifting until he was, like, 24 25 so and then he took that he took that transition into crossfit that's kind of what i'm looking to do now kind of develop more um like competing itself as a skill so yeah. develop that skill and along with other things and let my body kind of develop along with all my other like strength and skills and all like that because it does break you up it's the same with any professional sport like if you look at a lot of teenagers going into that adult category they will like a lot of them either burn out or get injured and i don't want any of that and it's it's quite um it's quite clear to see in this sport anyway that the the so the people that were winning the crossfit games as teenagers they're they're suffering right now going into that adult category trying to jump into it too early
2: I'd imagine as well like going back to like really enjoying it again as well like for, for a little while and not being in a rush as well because like you like whenever you play any sport normally when you really enjoy it that's when your best performances come out and then you know whenever that time happens for you again like you'll have done all that work you'll be a year or two older but probably most importantly like his aim to avoid burnout is still having fun and enjoying the process
0: yeah yeah definitely because there was a point there where there's so much pressure and like focus on just winning winning, winning. but you just kind of want to you want to take that step back and enjoy it and realize why you've actually started so, so
1: what's a training week look like for you now then
0: right now i'm doing a lot of olympic weightlifting so that's your snatch your clean and jerk you're you're doing a lot of squatting bench and deadlifting, just kind of getting strong but i'm doing it at a rate that i can let all my ligaments and tendons kind of develop with it so before I just I put on a lot of weight on my lifts and um again I was getting a lot of pains in my knees in my back and stuff like that and um now i'm I'm doing a lot of that there's not as much cardio or kind of um gymnastics okay it's a lot more strict gymnastics kind of building that strength again um more power output type of stuff like Max effort sprints on cardio machines or sprints in general. And is this all programming that you're planning yourself or are you working with coaches? Yeah, I've a I've got a coach up north that programs for me. His name's Neil Averdy. Um yeah, he's he's coached some top class athletes. Um he's had two individuals that went to regionals, so that would be the second way of finding the first person on earth for the uh, individuals. And then he had two teams as well. But um, it's very scientifically based, you know what I mean, off uh, a lot of protocols that he's developed himself and obviously learned.
1: Well, that's great for you to have that system around you, because uh, like, I can can remember when I was 17, 18, all I wanted to do was train, play rugby all the time. I wanted to play as many games as possible, train as much as I could, and then just go to the gym as often as I could in around that and... Aware, body awareness and trying to look after myself wasn't really top of my priority list. So, um, having that support structure around you it sounds like it's definitely helping you.
2: I think one thing with that, like especially with the sport that you're doing, Ty. Like I, I have limited knowledge, but from what I've seen when I watched the CrossFit documentaries, I was just blown away by like one the intensity by which people train at, and two the volume, the amount of volume they're doing, and even when they're competing, the multiple events in the day, the intensity and the volume of the competition was recovery something that you like program in and you focus on or is it a case of just you're know, 17 years of age and you can do whatever you want and it'll keep you'll keep coming back
0: yeah like there's definitely a lot of people that think it's you're young and that's a uh, it's an excuse that a lot of people would use like yeah. you're young you can get away with yeah. it you can come in and of course you're going to be doing that but uh, no you're you're spending easily half an hour warming up like just before you even start that session just so your body's primed and ready to go that's a half an hour cool down as well and then you're doing like you're doing your saunas you're getting like your manual treatment like all that type of stuff like spending hours at home doing your mobility like it definitely does play a role and then you're talking about like nutrition as well that's that's a big factor um, and sleep uh, sleep is probably the most important thing
1: it's probably very tough in the middle of an event like that like how many days was it? Was the event on for?
0: Um, it was four days well three days no four days of competing but we had a rest day in the middle of it thank god
1: but how are you supposed to sleep even in the build up to that your adrenaline nerves the shock your body's going through trying to ramp up event adrenaline through the roof trying to get yourself cooled down in time d- decrease that mental stimulation Th- that's a huge learning experience surely
0: yeah the nervous system was definitely uh, on I was on a go definitely but uh, I don't know you kind of At the end of the day You're trying to teach yourself this as well To kind of When you're not there You're not there Just kind of distract your mind And being in America It was like there's lots of distractions around the course But um, I had friends over there with me That uh, would help take my mind off it But The first night was definitely hard to to sleep But then You're kind of trying to get used to it And be that mature person And get, get into it But I don't know
1: and you're probably battered after the day as well you'd sleep like a baby maybe
0: oh yeah definitely
2: in terms of like so if it, it, say for instance for me say i decided i wanted to come in and try my hand at crossfit and um, and obviously you could, give not, it a, you could give it a go right give, <laughs> just a rowing machine yeah. <laughs> rowing wads uh, but not say, say for instance i'm coming in and i say to you Ty, i want you to coach me to improve my crossfit performance um, obviously without seeing me move but like what would be some of the fundamental things so if someone's listened to this podcast is inspired to listen to you what are the fundamental things you'd say for the first year of CrossFit that you focus on
0: it would definitely be your technique of course yeah. because you want to keep things safe so that's like your squat positions your your gymnastic positions like staying tight and there's, there's so many like techniques that go into it and then you're looking at like you want to develop a, a good enough aerobic base to kind of support what you're doing in the workouts. Then, of course, you're going to build your strength and then obviously the technique is is nearly more important than your strength, so I'd say, definitely. But, um, yeah, the, the classes, they a lot of gyms would do fundamental classes anyway right. with people and then you go on to doing group classes and then PTs if you need to. Um, I'm lucky enough that I get to train with my coaches during the day so these are guys that have been at the top of the sport in this country for, like, ages now. So um, I find the best way to do it is kind of watching people as well. Yeah. Like, pick up from what, like, people are doing around you. And lucky enough with social media, you can you can see, like, people doing that themselves and top-class elite athletes moving perfectly and you're tr- picking up just little tips and stuff like that. That definitely helps.
2: And in terms of, like... I read um Jason excellence from um so Ben, Berginal. ben Berginal, yeah. yeah and um he was talking about how uh Katrina that was all one, and then like he brings her back in and then straight away stripped her down to her um her muscle ups and like wouldn't let her do more than one muscle up in a row for like a month and then now you can do two so like you're saying there probably if if you if you were to coach me. I'm coming in, it would be a case of not letting me go to my maximum on in any of these things and focusing on just good, clean reps and developing the skill. That's probably a big part of it, to get someone the technique that you talked about.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's why um, if you look at people that started off in sports if like, Matt Fraser again, for example, or any really Chinese weightlifting, like, they drilled them from the start, like, and... Uh, Uh, teaching children is a lot easier they're gonna pick on stuff pick up stuff a lot easier but um that's why like he has like all them skills already built in his technique is perfect and that transitions a lot into crossfit but obviously the older you get it's harder to like to learn new things that's why i find like missing out yeah. on all them sports and all that stuff like sports are gonna build so much skills and learning itself again is another skill so like yeah people who do sports are gonna pick up on things a lot you're, easier
1: you're talking like you're our age here you can still get out and play <laughs> what age? you're only 18 are you? yeah 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 so there's still plenty of time
0: yeah we, we need someone for tag yeah.
1: pig and porter this year but is that something that you would think of doing
0: then going back and playing some more field-based sports or maybe not even just field-based just sports in general so weightlifting will be a sport yeah of course you might do like something like a triathlon just that type of stuff just getting used to competing under pressure and learning new things i think it's a bit late for gymnastics although <laughs> you're thinking i'm eight, like 18 is pretty young gymnastics you'd want to be certain that i did young. an adult
1: gymnastics class out in Tala about three years ago with um colin one of the guys who used to train here and uh, it was maybe like an hour and a half teaching us some basic movements but i was cracked for like five days after it In the session I was laughing and joking for the whole thing Thought I was fine But like I couldn't move for about 5 days My (laughs) neck, shoulders, lats think Muscles I didn't know I really had Were just fired up So uh, I could see how It's difficult difficult to transition at our age anyway
2: In terms of when Mike who works here with us he, he, he kind of uh, said that you'd be awesome to have on and kind of put us your your direction um, and then he turned us over to your Instagram like obviously one of the things you have there is no human is limited uh, I thought it was pretty interesting so I was trying to get it from the horse's mouth what what does that mean to you? Um,
0: I was watching a documentary Breaking 2 and it's about uh, wow. the guys trying to break the yeah we've talked about that for us very good yeah, yeah. and um, your man Elliot he was the top runner there. That's something that he like. That was a quote that I took from him. Um, yeah, I like to think that no human is limited. I've, I'm reading the book uh, by David Epstein though as well, the sports gene. Mm. Yeah, that's a, It's another different perspective that you think you might actually be limited based on genes, but then it's always cool to have that in the back of your head that you can kind of do whatever you want, although. <laughs> doing whatever you want might not be the best one you can kind of you can always like continue to try and yeah I don't like to think that like I wouldn't like to think when I'm older that um oh yeah you can't do that anymore and that's one thing I wouldn't like to see other people think like oh I'm too old for that or uh, that's out of my reach now I'd always like to think that you can do everything even from that basic thing and then from the elite level like I would like to think that I can win the CrossFit Games obviously
1: yeah, but the power of a mantra, something like that, we talk about it a lot. With Damien Brown, who rode the Atlantic on the podcast, he was talking about the main thing that got him through was his mantra. That's what you stole, Ruds, when you ran the marathon in the worst conditions possible, mm-hmm. um, you know, phone breaking, bad weather, had to run it on your own, all these things, and those those three things got you through it. So the power of having a mantra like that can be massive,
2: and as well, like I think a big thing is like goes back to that controllable piece like one thing that we can always control is our effort. So sometimes when we line up to do something and you're like, oh, I can't do this, but like, does it really matter? Like you can do an awful lot better than you think you can uh, and sure, the if, all you can do is give your best on that. So like if it's lining up for a workout, you're getting that and maybe you're thinking, oh, I can't do this workout or I won't be able to finish this. But you can just start focusing on what can you control of give my best effort for this 20 calories on the bike and then there's always something you can do yeah. <laughs> you can do like and just tr- trying to funnel it back to your effort um because when you do that you have like far more control about giving your best effort in that workout or in that session or for me in the marathon like f- f- because at the start i had a goal by the end, the goal shifted a lot. And then <laughs> by the end, it was just... Don't stop moving. By the end, my measure of success became, can I just do my best? Can I just finish and feel like I've done my best? And then when I finished, I didn't achieve my goal, but I felt really good. And kind of what got me through the whole thing was that positive self-talk, but also that focus on, All right, it's not going to plan, but can I just give my best for the next hour and keep, keep moving?
1: And do you see then... With that Ty, do you see there's much of a difference between, say, like competitive crossfit crossfit athletes like you, and people who are doing it for fun or it's recreational? Like, what are the fundamental differences when you're in a class? Because I'm sure you're training groups of people who are doing it for recreational fitness as well. Yeah,
0: I'm a coach as well, so I'm yeah. coaching in um, crossfit class in Evan. So the big difference, it would be the volume as well. Like they're not going to be doing as much as a, a crossfit games athlete would be they probably won't be pushing as hard either that's like that's just a given if you want to be an elite athlete you're going to have to go to the limits um, and then again it's just it's not what people like a lot of what people see is the really heavy weights the high intensity the highly complex gymnastics all that type of stuff it's, an, it's very very rarely that you come across that type of thing it's, it's a lot like strength and conditioning that people will be doing in sports like everyday stuff your burpees, your sprints, you're doing, like, although it's not a sprint, like, in a hall or whatever, definitely on the cardio equipment and stuff like that, you're doing Olympic weightlifting, but it might be, like, multiple reps at a lower percentage, like, a, a way lower percentage of, of your 1RM, Um it is for, like, it's for the everyday person, Um CrossFit itself has definitely changed up its image, they've kind of looked towards the... The longevity point of view and battling the chronic diseases and um population fitness over that elite athlete and the elite sports it's definitely a it's taken a lot of the money out of that anyway and it's pumped it back into the community and the people
1: that's one of the best things that i've seen about crossfit i've trained in a lot of crossfit gyms sort of all over the world we go to america almost every year a group from the gym and we trained in a lot of different crossfit places and the one thing you get from them is that sense of community is pretty obvious in all of them and it's something that we really pride ourselves on here is community between our members and our coaches and we believe it's the biggest selling point about our business Um, but crossfit definitely seems to have a huge sense of community and culture and it must be nice when you're a crossfit athlete to know that you know you you can be someone that people are looking up to possibly and you're competing in the exact same sport and in the same class as them. Whereas we could get somebody in here who might be a professional rugby player training against someone else, but there is a barrier there. There's an aspirational barrier between, you know, I'm an accountant, it's very hard to go and play professional rugby for Leinster, but there could be somebody in that class that's 16 looking up at you saying,
0: I can go to the teenage games, I can become the fittest man or the fittest woman on earth someday. Yeah, like I I do get a couple of texts off uh, younger guys and, and uh, people that are just coming, coming into the sports, and there seems to be a lot more younger people coming into it, like, that, like, transition from the sports into CrossFit, but, um, like, over Christmas and stuff like that, you li- like, we try and take the intensity and the volume out of it, like, we're not doing as much, and um, so I jump in on class workouts, obviously, with people, and like there's no difference between what I'm doing and what they're doing. if you give as hard effort as you can in a class workout of like you're gonna feel you're gonna feel it the next day definitely there's no difference between what I'm doing. It's just I'm doing a lot more working on skills and movement and recovery, like even in the gym, the community that um that they talk about like it's that relationship between the people that are being coached and the coach himself or herself and we can go out on like on a night out or we can go out for meals with them that type of stuff whereas if you go to a commercial gym or anything like that the pts they don't want to see outside the gym you know what i mean it's all about money 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 with that type of stuff here we we do like to see people get better and we do like to see um improvements of course as i'm sure you guys do here yeah
1: that that's it and like for us even, we've just sort of revamped the gym. The first gym that we opened after six years, we revamped it this week. And it's something that you're seeing people come into the gym who were training with us on day one. They come in and, you know, seeing them kind of light up, yeah. being reinvigorated, come back into the place. It brings back a lot of good memories for when it was just myself and Rudds here. Um, you know, getting people in for the first time and trying to build relationships with them is something that I think, if people are looking for that sense of community when they're training, there is places out there that can offer it to them. And roads we always talk about when you can have that good culture and community within your team and that can transfer to your clients it can only be stronger for the brand
2: yeah absolutely uh, we all, like in life we all want to be part of something bigger no matter what it is in your job you want to be part of something bigger if it's in the sport you want to be part of something bigger um, If in your coaching no, no matter what it is it's, it's always the, a huge part of the enjoyment is being with people seeing people improve people motivating you as well some days you come in you don't feel like training and then someone's ready to go and they they push you on and uh, I think everyone can feed off that energy within your
1: own training just before we kind of wrap on to talk about what's happening next for you Tyke is there anything that you've looked at when you've reflected on the games and your experience and what will ultimately hopefully be a return to competitive CrossFit for you again are there any parts of your sort of let's call it your your game that you're really specifically trying to work on at the minute or is
0: it just general development? Um, If I'm looking back on the performances, a lot of my gymnastics kind of let me down a little bit. My, My cardio was quite there. My weightlifting was there. But then again, just the overall experience, like you could tell the difference between the people who've been there before and then the people who haven't. Um other than that like it's kind of just working <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it a senior sign out there hard work pays off like that's pretty much the reality of it if you keep working and working and attacking the weaknesses like it will pay off and i've noticed that now even with my strict gymnastics and my all my other gymnastics that they've definitely uh it's definitely paid off now like i can definitely see a noticeable difference in it
1: stripping back to the basics that's where i was a huge oh, yeah. fan of that with all of our programs you know basic works best more often than not
2: yeah absolutely and just getting getting better at the basics like if if you look at like you said about Matt Fraser, he's doing probably the same thing as the people he's competing against but he's just doing it better yeah like the the technique of his snatch like you said is just it's better it's just better
0: (laughs) it's been drilled there from the start with him
2: he he hasn't come up with like a new you know like uh, (laughs) to take the analogy from uh, the Olympics you know the Fosbury flop whatever you know the guy who invented uh, for the the high jump. Yeah. Invented Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, invented, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he yeah. invented like a whole new way of jumping. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone was like, "Oh my god!" But then he completely changed the like game, discord, and then everyone yeah. copied him. Whereas yeah. he's do- Matt Fraser doing the same snatch as yeah. everyone else, but he's yeah. just doing it better than the people who's completely against. exactly.
1: And what's happening then? Is there a plan you were talking about? The sort of team based CrossFit games coming up soon have you got have you got a bit of a plan to get back into it or is it just see what happens over the next couple of years
0: yeah so they've changed up the sport big time for us so there's no more regionals Um, the only way that you can make to the games is by being the fittest in your country or winning a sanctioned event and now we're lucky enough here that Filthy 150 which is one of the competitions got sanctioned so that's going to be really big for Irish CrossFit and it's the biggest or the first sorry um sanctioned event in the season for crossfit so that's going to be starting in november this year so i won't have to travel that far if i want to make it back there but the fact that there is sanctioned events means you can kind of make a living off this as well and like there's there's good prize purses up for like a weekend you could win quarter of a million like off a bit of work there which is it's definitely possible do you know what I mean and you get to see these cool places and there's a lot more sponsorships that are coming into it as well like obviously Nike and Reebok they sponsor the top athletes but then other brands that are only coming out of shell they want to see their they want to get the best exposure out of it and with the sanctioned events that's probably the best way because beforehand people only really seen the people at the games and they had to wear Reebok because they were the sponsor of yep. it, um. So for me, I'm kind of just, as I said, doing more sports, weightlifting, and more gymnastics, that type of thing. But I'm looking when I'm finishing colleges, w- college, which two years, to kind of go back at it. it. It'd be cool to kind of take a step back, um, see how the sport develops itself with the new changes, and then. I want to go team for a year or two, just to kind of get that experience, Um, and I feel for uh, how the sport has developed, and then again, when I'm on a team, you develop a lot of other skills, like your power and stuff like that, so when I was over in London at um, a competition, um, I was on a team, It it was a pretty big team, team of 12, and there was like the second fittest man in the world was on the team with us. Um a couple other guys that are like at the games and they're like really, really good and just learning like experience from them and the best way to kind of go at it it's to kind of take that step back, like ease into the Adult category. Like and then from there if you want to go back into it, like not saying that I don't want to, but who knows what's gonna happen a couple of years down the line, but from there definitely transition back but even
1: being able to pick those guys brains on that team especially as a young guy that's massive for you Um, would you get would you have kind of mentors that you'd look to for advice then on how to actually make a career in CrossFit because it's not like looking at a conventional sport like say rugby or football where it's you know train really hard get into academy get a contract have a career for myself are you looking at it as this could be a career and, and you find it difficult to see what the path might be or is it get sponsors on board qualify for a few events maybe win the quarter of a million for a couple
0: hours work <laughs> yeah like i do i just sit up sometimes and wonder is there a career in it um obviously i'm in ucd now studying as i said i want to have a degree there just in case anything goes wrong and then from there you can always be coaching it's i don't think it would affect my performance that much there's a, there is Um there's a living in that, there's a living with sponsors, it's, it's, it's kind of like any risk that um, a person trying to make elite in a sport would have, you know, you could get injured, you, you might not make it, you know, but um, it, there is that thing about it as well that that's kind of what excites you as well, um, then listen to like a podcast with like Mike Tyson, there, like just that fear as well it can either take away from you or it can drive you even more and that's one thing i'm i'm kind of debating i've been debating a lot with myself and with my family and stuff like that like at the start when i kind of said i don't want to study for my leaving cert or my junior cert they were like you have to do it and i said no i just want to put everything into this so it i don't want to do something that's just going to please someone else and then not be happy myself I do want to like yeah I want to do it for myself
1: Fair play and then just finally to sort of wrap up the episode um, what's the big advice that you'd give to someone that was your age when they started to get into CrossFit and um, say they've just kind of picked it up they're interested in it what are the big things you'd tell them to work on to possibly be in a similar position to you, what you were in last year
0: and don't feel like you're under pressure definitely be one of them and then enjoy um, same with any sport I'm sure, sure if you ask any elite athletes. Um, they'd say enjoy even just just learning something new because when you get a new skill or a new accomplishment like you can't really go back and learn it again you know what i mean you've accomplished that so when you do it like just be happy with that but then again be be hungry to to compete and then like like don't settle for just coming second you know what i mean just go for it so there's no reason not to really there you have it if
1: you want to do it go for it work hard be hungry but don't feel the pressure you're going to feel the pressure now because what we usually do is a bit of a fitness forfeit um at the end of episodes don't worry you won't have to do it unless you lose the quiz <laughs> so what's the most minging thing you would like to see ruds do if you beat him a 10 minute max call okay perfect right so the way it's going to work is you get three questions each um, best of three if it goes to a tiebreaker We'll have a tiebreaker one So Ty You're the guest I'll ask you first uh, What current Championship Football manager Championship in England Has been broiled In controversy For um, Being caught
0: Spying On A rival team Jesus That's That's just the past I don't even follow football So <laughs> He can take that one Alright Rudd, Do you want to jump
1: in and steal it? Probably won't we'll get the point that the, the Leeds
2: <laughs> manager Can't remember his name
1: <laughs> Uh, I won't give you a point for that, no, but Max <laughs> Bielsa. Okay. Uh, okay, Ruds for you then. Um, which on course misfortune hit the golfer Tony Fino the day before the Masters last year? Uh,
2: dislocated ankle, sub subluxed it. Was that, is that, is that what he did? Yeah, well, yeah like, you're pretty close. Cool. So he had a hole
1: in one did. of the par three and then ran down the fairway and burst his ankle wide open. Uh, okay, right, so 1 0. Uh, This one is for you, Tyke, and this is kind of to do at Rudsville. Uh, Welshman Geraint Thomas triumphed in the Tour de France. Who was the first British-born cyclist to win it? I'll give you some options. Either Bradley Wingens, Chris Froome, Greg Lamont, or Geraint Thomas. I'll go with Lamont. It is Lamont. Good man. Okay. Yeah, cycling. Very good. Uh, Ruds. This is Rudd's Picks the Quiz, by the way, so. Um, okay, Rudd's. Recently, basketball superstar Steph Curry said he believed which crazy conspiracy theory? Is it A, the Earth is flat, B, moon landings were faked, C, governments control our brains using chem trials, or D, Manchester United could still make top four this season? C. C, you're going with governments control our brains. The answer is B. He actually later apologized to the astronaut afterwards. Okay, right. For the win, Tyg, Um Final question. Um, France won the World Cup Final 4-2. Uh, but what is the most common score in the World Cup Final since the first final in 1930?
0: Is it 1-0, 2-1, 3-1, or 4-2? I'm
1: go 2-1. You going what, 2-1? One? One. You would think... Hmm. <laughs> The answer is actually, which I'm pretty surprised about, um, the answer is 4-2. Surprisingly, you think finals will be a bit closer. Sorry, Ruds? Don't
2: get another question. He does, yeah. No, you, no, you don't
1: to get to steal. steal. You get a question, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, 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 yeah so you get a question. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, okay, right. Last question, Ruds. If you get this wrong, you're in serious trouble. Uh, who won uh, golf's last four majors last year? You need to get all of the winners.
2: Okay. Uh, four majors. Golf. <laughs>
0: <laughs> can we just boat not do it? The- yes!
1: <laughs> no, you're stuck now. Once you come in the door, you have to do it. You see, that's the problem. <laughs> come on, on Rods. It's going to press you for time Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Miguel Angel Cabrera.
1: No, roads <laughs> no, no, no. you lose. Right, horrific. Now you weren't naming out. Okay, here we go. Tiebreaker. Uh, I gotta think of something I'm just looking through all these sports stories. this is a terrible quiz you've given me <laughs> honest, by the way. It's, it's very British based to be honest with you um, so here we go tiebreaker question you gotta shout your name and then you're straight in I need the answer to both categories to get the win okay uh, in the year 2011 who won who won <laughs> this is both the individual male and female cross. On, oh, oh it was just about Ty Just about. Um, if you get it wrong, you're doing it now. This is how tiebreaker works. Right. So you put your name. Uh,
0: Rich Frown. Yes. Male. Annie Torres, daughter. Yes. <laughs> hard
1: Hardlock. Okay. So right, how many calories should he be going for in uh, ten minutes?
0: Um, have you used them much? Oh he, oh, he lives on the bike. Yeah, then oh, two hundred. Two
2: hundred. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks <Yeah>. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> cheers thanks a lot
1: 200 yeah okay I think Rhodes can do that yeah uh, listen Tyke thanks a minute for your time coming in you uh, are obviously busy I know you love studying loads you've kind of talked about that a good bit so we're sorry to take you out of college uh, and not get any work done uh, I'll apologise I know in your lecture as well I'll have a chat with him and make sure uh, to apologise for it but thanks a minute and best of luck with everything over the next couple of years fair play to you cheers